Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Drew, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the One Degree Shift Podcast. We've had conversations sporadically over the last couple of years. And last week or two weeks ago, you invited me into, into your office and we had a phenomenal conversation about you, your history, the incredible things you've done with shop.ca, with Indochino, and where you're going next. So first of all, thanks so much for, for joining me today. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on and it's always it's always fun to catch up with you. And so I always enjoy the conversations and I'm sure we'll have a great one today. With that being said, one thing I like to do is to ask our guests instead of me fumbling through a biography, you know, just to give a quick elevator pitch, a summary on where you are now, what, what you're most proud of and ultimately what led to this conversation. I'm currently CEO of Indochino and one of the owners here. And we built over the last four plus years, we built the largest custom apparel brand in the world, which, you know, as a Canadian company here, we're, we're extremely proud of, you know, the, the company has over the last four years increased in size, you know, over 5X, uh, improved its profitability metrics and, uh, and really become an iconic brand amongst millennials, which we're extremely proud of. My background, I've been, a, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years now and over time have started many companies. My wife and I, our sort of family businesses, our real estate portfolio, which we built a portfolio of 25 homes across, across Ontario. And uh, we're also involved in, in 25 different companies as you know, either shareholders or founders or, or operators. And so, you know, entrepreneurialism and, and really developing businesses is something that, you know, I'm very passionate about. One thing I'll say about Indochino, I've got suits in the closets, suits in the mail on the way here. Thank you for that. And just been a fan of, of you and the brand since the day that we met. But you know, one of the things that's really stuck out in our conversation is that you are a high performing CEO, but also a dad, also just a leader in the community and incredibly grounded, which was, I don't want to say refreshing because we see that in, in many places too, but it was just really nice to see Drew as Drew when I, when I came in and, and had the conversation with you. And so I think I've got the answer, but what is it that motivates you to wake up in the morning? Well, this morning I was up at 5 a.m. with my eldest son, cooking him breakfast, getting him ready for his training. He trains every morning in the summer, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So he just finished a little bit ago. You know, look, I, I, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the father, the father that I am and the focus that I have there. I got two amazing boys, you know, that are naturally very talented, but, you know, they've learned the importance of hard work. They've learned the importance of setting goals. They've learned the importance of making plans against their goals. And, you know, they're young, they're 11 and 13. And it's, it's I don't know if it, it's what gets me up in the morning, but it's what brings me the most joy. And is really the center of everything I do. I mean, I, you know, as you can imagine, it's very busy, lots of demands for, for my time. But I've really, you know, over the last 13 years learned, and I, I say learn because it's, it's easy not to know how to do this, but learn how to prioritize them, you know, and learn how to prioritize raising men. What's been the biggest lesson that you've learned in the past year or two? 
Well, I mean, there's lots. I try to learn, and I'm not saying this or just saying this. I try to learn every day. You know, I think that mm -hmm. the devil is, is when you think you know everything. You're blind to the lessons or omens or teachings that life has to offer. I think I think one of the most interesting things about our journey at Indochino is just how I've learned a different and I think more well-rounded leadership style. I've been a CEO now for over 10 years. I certainly am most proud of CEO I am today versus let's say the CEO I was five years ago or you know ten years ago when I when I first started as a CEO and and that I think one of the biggest learnings or lessons and and the thing I'm most proud of is just really how to bring out the best in a team you know I mm -hmm. think you know it's easy to be an entrepreneur and have all the answers and make every decision and live with the consequences but real leadership to me is empowering people believing in them trusting them but by no means making every decision for them. You just can't scale a business or improve a business if you're making all the decisions as a CEO. So I think that's, I don't know if it's particularly the last couple of years, but one of the biggest learnings the last 10 years is just how to empower great leaders and, and mentor and nurture them into achieving what you, what you want to achieve. How is that in terms of the action items, how is that different CEO drew 10 years ago to who he is today? You know, how have you learned to better empower people to allow them to be the best they can be and create great teams along the way? You know, I think the word trust is the first word that came to mind when you asked the question. So I'm going to go with that as some way that's super goal oriented, that's super ambitious, that is always the hardest worker in the room. I really had to get to a place in my, in my journey where I hired the right people and then if I did that and I answered that question, then I totally trusted. And, and I think, you know, you're always, as a CEO, you're always setting the vision, you're always setting priorities. And frankly, one of the main jobs you have is to solve problems. But I think trusting people that they will do what is necessary to, to achieve the objective is, is important. And, and really, you know, the other thing I'd say is not, you know, not losing your way or the team's way when things don't go right. Because look, the thing that I've learned most of all is nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. And frankly, we make a lot of them. But moving past that, focusing on solutions, focusing on priorities, celebrating victories, and being accountable alongside them, right? Like no team wins when there's just one person. Great teams are based on whether that be basketball, 12 people, or hockey, etc. You know, you need a full roster to, to win the championship. Let's talk about Indochino then and how you're going about building your team. You know, you said, one of the fundamental pillars of trust was putting the right people on the bus, so to speak. How is it that you're attracting talent to Indochino that maybe other organizations aren't doing? Well, look, I'm, I'm super proud that we've built the culture and the, the team that we have. I mean, we've got over 800 employees now across North America, another, you know, 1,700 or so working in our factories every day on the product. You know, from a leadership team standpoint, again, I'm super proud. I think what we have here is a, is a nice mix of uh, what I'll call, from an experience standpoint, you know, earlier stage executives. You know, we've got some executives that have done it before. I think I've become a big believer I actually haven't become. I've always been a big believer that with great mentorship, with great leadership, people can improve and, and become their very best. And so I wouldn't say that we have a perfect management team. Not everybody has done what they're doing before, but they're extremely committed to doing their best. They're extremely committed to understanding what the priorities are and owner, owning what their, what their you know, role is in, in terms of accomplishing the goals that we have. 
it's a really nice mix of, of experience levels on the management team. I think in terms of attracting, you know, the right talent, not only new talent, but, you know, talent that can follow the vision. It's, it's really, it's really staying focused. You know, I think people, you know, in general want to be inspired. They want to be led to a greater purpose. And we have that here. You know, we set out goals that seemed almost unreasonable <laughs> when mm-hmm. we got them. And here we are, this Vancouver-based company that was quite small and quite niche, now being talked about as, you know, one of the fastest growing apparel brands in the world. Not to mention one of the fastest growing apparel brands, but brick and mortar is a big component of your business too. If I can brag for you for a second, last time I checked in your office, you had a new store opening somewhere in North America every month for the past three years. How is it? I mean, I'm fascinated and blown away by what you've been able to do in the environment that we societally are, are living in today. And, and focus and alignment and trust have to be so top of mind. Is there, is there a secret formula or a recipe for, for building that alignment and attracting the people who are aligned to the mission and goals that you're trying to accomplish? It's such a good question. I think the, the easy thing from the outside is to look at what we're doing and you know, be super concerned because retail has gone through this massive transformation, especially these last five years, you know, sure. but even going back 10, 15, and now 20 years as the headwinds of e-commerce have, have taken over, so to speak. Yeah, I think the, the, the fact is, is that we're just very different, right? Like we would not be opening 48 showrooms essentially in four years if we, you know, which quick math is one, one per month on average. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing that if we didn't feel strongly and understand that our model could could actually make it different than than most expansions. You know, we're virtual inventory, so when we open, you know, a showroom or or what would be called a retail location, we're not burdened with inventory risk. Uh, we're appointment based, so that I don't lose sleep thinking if people are going to come into the store, or walk by, and come in. We actually control that to a certain extent through our media. And so we just have a very different model that we went to market with. And that gave me the confidence once we continue to see the results that, you know, it was the right approach. And here's the, a little bit of what we all sort of got fooled by a little bit is that despite all the headwinds and all the news and all the leaders within e-commerce, you know, retail still makes up 85% of the consumer spend. For you to be a global brand or for you to be a generational brand, you have to figure out retail. And that's going to be true two years from now, five years from now, and 10 years from now, even as e-commerce grows. And I think we're seeing that, you know, the, you know, the icons of retail like, like Amazon, you know, are adopting and, and buying companies that have bricks and mortar. So, you know, they, they obviously get it. And, you know, we're no different. I would say, though, that we wouldn't be doing what we were doing if we were just another you know, apparel brand faced with some of the same challenges that, that others might be. So with this said, and knowing that the One Degree Shift podcast is, is pretty much short sound bites, the, the last question that I've got for you is more advice or a takeaway for other leaders in any industry that are listening in today. You tell them if they wanted to build stronger trust and alignment with the people that they're working with. I would never try to come off as having all the answers. I, what's really worked for me is being accountable and really taking ownership and making sure that when people make mistakes, which we all do, you're there for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you build trust with people inside a work environment or inside your personal life when you're there in good times 
and bad. And I think the best way to build that trust is, is you know, owning everything, being accountable uh, alongside your team and never making it feel like they're on an island. Because look, at the end of the day, you can get, you know, eight out of 10 things perfect, but it's those two things that could slow you down. And so you really need to own the whole, the whole list, so to speak. Yeah, and that makes total sense. Well, and the other thing I think, you know, I'll just sort of point out is the bit of your answer was, I don't have all the answers. And, and to me, as I listened through your evolution as a leader, that exemplifies pretty strong leadership right there. So, so thank you for sharing that. And, and thanks for your time. Is there, is there anything else you want to share with us today? No, I just really appreciate being on today and, and the, you know, admire the work you're doing, man. So keep on, keep on keeping on. So it's really impressive. Well, I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation and working with Indochino here shortly, Drew. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much. For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit erictermundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E.com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.